Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to take this opportunity to welcome everybody to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host, Royce Bottoms. As always, thank you for supporting this ministry and this podcast. And I want to take the opportunity to also thank you for you, the listeners, for tuning in every day listening to this, sharing this with your friends and family. It it truly means a lot. Today, I want to talk about Nehemiah, because I want to talk about how Nehemiah was not only chosen to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem, but he was also, he chose a path to live his life for God. And in doing so, he was, he realized he wasn't alone in his, his venture and that his help was coming in two different sources. His, his help first came from God, because in Nehemiah's case, the task of building this wall around an entire city was way too big for one person, especially when you find out in chapter 1 that Nehemiah was a captive. He was a servant of a king of a foreign land. So not only did he need help trying to figure out how to rebuild this wall, but he also had to figure out how to get his freedom and the finances to do so. The great thing is that Nehemiah knew that he needed God's help. He sought it in prayer and received it. If God was our boss today, he wouldn't merely sit on the sidelines and just tell you what to do. He's going to be out there working with you because our God is with us every step of the way. He's not, he's not the type of person to sit on the sidelines and bark orders because he's going to be out there with his sleeves rolled up working alongside of us. Now, when you, when you also look at Nehemiah 2.18, We also see where Nehemiah receives help from other people who chose the same path to follow God. And in the same way, God knows that when we choose a path to build a life for him, it takes a community to accomplish accomplish this. It also takes a group of people with a singular focus and a purpose. And this could be the body of people, a family, or a church. And it's very important on 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 the church side of this lesson today because you have to have that singular vision and that purpose because all the church has to come together under uh, one accord. They have to be uh, focused to, to go the same direction. Now, the Bible also tells us where two or more are gathered in his name, he will be in the middle, and I'm a firm believer of that. You can get two or more Christians together that are working on a project or come together in prayer. It's amazing of the... Uh, of the, the the power and the prayer and what ends up happening, because I, I believe God is is there and He is He's always ready to work in our lives. So we know that we got to. It takes a body of people, a family, and a church. It takes it takes like minded Christians to want to push forward. And now I don't want to digress from this, but I, I do want to I want to throw this out here because. You know, here at Jesus and a Cup of Joe, we love to talk about Jesus, the Bible, and life. And so when we're talking about the life of, of being focused and having a purpose, we also got to remember we have, a lot of, we have a lot of Christians out there who they may not all be coming together to work in the direction of the Lord because of, of the world and of the, the ugliness that we got out here, a lot of a lot of Christians are are sometimes nervous or afraid or scared to to try to get out there and do the work of of the Lord, and 
if you follow this podcast, um, our episode uh, last week, or our previous episode, I should say, was entitled Jonah and the Well, and it talked about Jonah being given a mission, a purpose um, from God, and he, he refused to follow it, and he spent three days in the belly of the well to, to kind of rethink his life, and then once he was given a second chance, he went and, and accomplished the task that God gave him. So we also got to understand, like in Nehemiah's case, yes, there were people ready to help him build the wall. But that may not always be the case with us. You know, you may be sitting there today listening to me saying, hey, I believe God's calling me to do this, whether it be within the church or within your home or in your workplace or what have you. God's given you a mission. But you may be sitting on the sidelines trying to scratch your head going, do I really want to do this? Am I going to offend somebody? Because unfortunately, today's world, we're so afraid of offending people. Because there's so much ugliness and so much violence out there toward Christians or toward uh, believers of one, one idea or, or what have you that we're afraid we're going to get attacked for it. But, you know, before Nehemiah ever picked up that first stone to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, he was already ridiculed for his effort. It's funny how that works. The same time that you decide to go on offense and do something for God, there's already Satan setting up a defense to stop you. And it's just what I just said. There are people out there who are wanting to do the work of the Lord. They're afraid of being attacked, ridiculed, made fun of. And according to Nehemiah 2.19, the ridicule came to Nehemiah in other forms rather than just laughing at him. You know, people despised him. They tried to place doubt in his mind. You know, have you ever had anyone laugh at you for the plans that you feel God has for your life? Have you ever had anyone despise you for using your gifts for the Lord and his works? Have you ever had anyone who tried to place doubt in your mind of the purpose of which God has called you? It happened to Nehemiah, and you can expect it to happen to you. As I just said, we who are believers and followers of Jesus, we're going to have people who may be jealous they may envy us, whatever the case may be, whatever the joy is in our heart that we're out there doing the work of the Lord, they may not have it, and they want to stop it. And they're going to do whatever they have to do to, to, to stop it. I promise you that. They will place that doubt. They will um, attack you in so many different forms because all, all Satan wants to do is use whatever obstacles to throw in your path to keep you from following God. Now, it's up to us as believers of Jesus to turn our life over to Christ, pray, and follow the mission that God has in front of us. And as I'm sitting here making this podcast today, doing this episode, as I'm reading about Nehemiah, I'm also sitting here and I'm, I'm amazed of the wonderful works of God that I'm about to share with you. Because if you've listened to this podcast, go back and look at these episodes. Because I know that God is in the midst of everything and he's working for the simple fact. We just talked about where Nehemiah was being ridiculed. We're talking about how obstacles get put in your path. Well, obstacles being put in your path is also known as, what, a giant? 
And it's amazing that a couple episodes ago, I did a, I did a recording, an episode entitled Face the Giant. So it, it's, it's all God working through, through uh, this podcast to help put out the word. So let me shift gears and get back to focusing on, on this. And, and I thank God for, for, for what he has shown us. But I will tell you this. The devil wants nothing more to, to stop us. He'll do anything in his power to stop us. Because if he can stop us working for the Lord, he believes he's winning. And yes, you will get ridiculed. You will get made fun of. People will despise you. They will throw giants in your way. But we have the power of God to be able to overcome these things. And that's what we got to keep in mind. All right? In 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul, which is an older experienced Christian, tells a young protege, Timothy, to expect persecution if he chose to live a godly life. The word persecution literally means harassment and to be fought against. Now, you might be asking yourself, why in the world should I continue to follow God if I'm going to be ridiculed and persecuted? But let me put it in another way. Very little resistance comes from those who merely follow the flow of the, the crowd around them. All right? But those who resist that flow and try, try to change directions... They're the ones that are out there trying to make a difference for God. And if you don't understand what I just said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to put it in a different way. As I've talked about on, on Jesus in a cup of Joe several times, I talk about the wide road of destruction that, that leads to destruction and the path that was hardly used that, that is the right path to choose. And what, what I'm talking about is if, if you have... 40 people walking down a sidewalk going one way. It's an easy flow, less resistance, because we're following the crowd. But if we are to turn around and go against that flow, we're going to meet the resistance. But if we're following what God has in store for us by going that route, we will achieve what God has, has planned for us. It's going to be difficult. And I'm not telling you following Jesus is easy. It's not. It is a very difficult life, but it's so rewarding because once you give your life over to Jesus and you become a believer and a follower, yes, you're going to be attacked. But you also got to understand, as I, I'm, a, I'm about to use a quote I just, I just used, couple of episodes ago in, in Face the Giant that, that just came to me. The God inside of you is bigger than the giant you're going to face. God inside of you is bigger than what the world is going to do to you. It's going to be scary. It's going to be um, uncomfortable. But if you follow Jesus, you follow what the Lord is telling you, you're going to be quite all right. Now, Every muscle in our body continuously meets resistance of the weights as we're lifting weights. And likewise, a person who continually meets resistance in their spiritual uh, works in this dark world will get stronger. All right. So picture yourself working out. Every time you're working a muscle, it, muscles meeting resistance, but it's getting stronger. Same thing with, with following the Lord. We live in a dark world. 
It wants to do nothing but keep you from following what God has in store for you. But the more we resist and we, we follow Jesus and we go that path, the stronger he makes us. It's not physical strength, it's spiritual strength. Because we all know where distractions are in our lives. Things in life aren't always necessarily bad or sinful, but they keep us from accomplishing a task that's more important to us. And that happens. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to get distracted sometimes from what you have to do. And it's not a sinful nature, but it happens because we're also human. Okay? But here's the promise I can make. When you decide to accomplish something for God... You will certainly run into distractions along the way, but you will be able to get through those distractions because Jesus is with us. And that's what we got to remember. All right. Nehemiah received his help from God and others when he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Then he overcame the ridicule by following what God had intended for him. We also look at the distractions that came in the forms of men who are wanting to stop him from his work and to meet with him. Sound innocent when these men came up to, to Nehemiah and said, hey, we want to talk with you. But it's, it's kind of like this. Have you ever got a, a, a text message while you were reading your Bible? A random thought in the middle of a prayer or simply anything that distracts you from something that you knew were more important. When this first distraction came to Nehemiah in that way, he faced it, but his determination and his refusal to stop the work for God was placed in his heart. So what I just read here and what I want to share with you is this. You will face those distractions. They will be innocent in nature at times, but, but you will face those distractions. You have to decide is the distraction more important than following what God has in store for me or wants me to do? Or do I need to stop and tell God, give me a second so you can go answer whatever that distraction is? All right. The second distraction we see in the book of Nehemiah came in the form of intimidation and fear. This is a big one because it's in all of our lives. How many times have you been allowed things to keep us from even trying to accomplish something God has, has us to do. The list of fears that distract us are many. The fears of failure, fears of rejection, the fears of being misunderstood, and the list goes on and on. The crazy thing for Nehemiah was that the distractions of fear came after the wall was built and the task of God was accomplished. Fear was a thief. It was trying to steal away the joy and satisfaction he felt after finishing what God had promised him to do. Anytime we follow God and we follow what Lord has in store for us, we will be attacked, we will be ridiculed, we will be distracted, and we will have everything thrown at us to try to steal the joy from us and place that doubt in our brain. Now, we got to be able to understand and be able to recognize the difference between our flesh and spiritual side. And I wish I could sit here and, and, and really break that down to where it makes it more um, simplified for everyone to understand. But the only way I can describe it is this, is our spirit 
is going to follow what God has in store for us and wants us to do. But our flesh is exactly flesh. Unfortunately, it is made up of worldly things. Um, that's why we have to be careful because we have to make sure that we're listening to God and we're not listening to the world and we stay focused on whatever it is that we've been given to accomplish. Because the hardest part about being distracted is it comes in many shapes and forms based on our heart of the individual. All right, Satan himself knows you and knows what will distract you. He sees your personality, your family heritage, your heart, and what makes you prone to wander away from God. And he knows that you will be distracted from your task. And more importantly, he knows if he can distract you long enough, it may, may keep you from really building your life around God. We got to expect distractions in our life. And we got to know that Satan knows everything about us too. But we also have to have faith and trust that God will help us get through all situations. God said he wouldn't just walk you or get you through it. He said he would walk you through it. He would be right there with you. Just said uh, I said at the beginning, if God was your boss, he wouldn't just merely sit on the sidelines and bark the orders. He would be out there with his sleeves rolled working along with you. That's the way the Lord is. The Lord will walk with you every step of the way as you go through your, your trials and tribulations, your problems, whatever the temptation is in front of you. Now, the thing about being human is God has gave us free will, free thought. Because I got asked one time from, we were sitting around the table, and um, our, uh, my kids, our kids, was, was asking some questions. You know, we were talking about God and, and salvation, and, and we, were, we were just having a, a, a really um, interesting discussion. And understand these are these are nine year old um, children. So to me, I'm delighted to be able to hold these type of conversations with them. And you know, my wife and I were sitting there, and one of the twins asked us, "said You know why why didn't God just just keep us all in heaven and keep us in the Garden of Eden and let everything just be the way He wanted it?" And we tried to explain free will of, of, of choice in that, you know, God gave Adam and Eve the opportunity. He told them, you can eat of any fruit in the, in the Garden of Eden except from, from this tree. And then Satan came and tempted them. And the rest, as, as they say, is history. But what we're trying to explain to them is if, if God allowed us to stay in the Garden and never allowed sin to, to be in the world, everything would have been just perfect, then there wouldn't have been no reason to ever send Jesus to this earth. There, there would have been never a reason for salvation, and then there would be reason for the gospel. And I believe, because God know, knows everything. He, knew, he knows everything before it happened. So I believe when God was creating the heavens and earth, he already knew this. He knew what kind of, I guess, nature um, humans were going to be. And so I believe he gave us a free choice because he, he wants us to have that ability. Now, I'm sure that's going to be a, a, 
a, a topic for an episode later on sometime to really dig into that. And I don't want to get into it because this is just my side, my feelings and my opinions on it. And I'm sure other people have other opinions. But just understand that we're given that free choice and that free um, will to be able to follow. So as those distractions come and we, and the devil knows that Satan knows that he knows what's going to distract you because he is very familiar with you too, because you know, he knows just like God, he knows what makes you tick. So we have to be careful. So now, you know, we have to understand what serving God and trying to rebuild our life for him. And we know that he can send us help, but we have to overcome the, 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 the doubters, the ridicule, and we got to be able to overcome these things. We got to be able to ignore the distractions, and we instead of being distracted, we got to be determined to get it done. Instead of being ridiculed, we have to stand with courage. And when somebody is attacking us, we got to be able to stand there and face our fears, and face our giants, and we got to be able to stand for what we believe in. All right, so what we have to do, like with Nehemiah, is Nehemiah had a job to do. He wanted to do that job. He wanted to go out there and build the wall for, for his city of Jerusalem. And along the way, he found people of like mind, but he was attacked for it. All right? He was attacked in, in many different ways. All right? He was also attacked with accusations because... Nehemiah's character was attacked. Nehemiah told the king of Persia in chapter 2 that he wanted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem to protect the land of his ancestors and that he would return back to the king as a servant once the task was accomplished. These questions told another story that Nehemiah was a liar. People came to him and said, hey, if you let him go, he's never going to come back. You know, they were attacking his character. Right. Nehemiah was attacked on all fronts. He could have threw in the towel and he could have quit at any time, but he refused to do so. You know, he, he, he kept doing what he needed to do because when we're building your life for God, the question will come. Nehemiah understood that he could not control the questions, but he could control the answers by inspecting his own heart. And in Ephesians 6, 6, the Bible tells us that all of us who seek to build a life for God in the proper motive for doing so, not men-pleasers, but as servants of Christ and doing the will of God from the heart. And if your motive is to work for the Lord, you're in the right place. But if your motive is to work for man, now you got to go back and check yourself. I promise you, you got to go back and check yourself. Because you got to ask yourself, why are you really doing this? Are you doing this for self-praising? Are you doing this for self-satisfaction, for the pat on the backs, the, the claps, the handshakes, the awards? And, and I'm, I'm going to go beyond Nehemiah, and I'm going to ask you this in this way. When you're working, whatever your job is, are you doing what you have to do for yourself, for your self-satisfaction? Or are you working for the Lord? And you know, and, and I've had some people want to argue with me about this and say, well, I'm a truck driver. How is being a truck driver working for the Lord? Well, how 
is it not working for the Lord? The Lord gave you the skills to be a truck driver. He gave you the skills to go from point A to point B to take whatever your product is or whatever you're hauling to the next town or city. He gave you that ability to be able to drive those big trucks and be able to operate them safely. And along the way of driving from point A to point B, whether you're going from Atlanta, Georgia to Dallas, Texas, your job is to drive that truck. But your other job that you may not know of is you are going to be an influence to somebody when you stop at a truck stop. You may be able to witness to somebody when you pull over into a restaurant because you don't know who you're going to run into on, on your route. And it may be then where you're able to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with someone and help bring them to the Lord. But if you're driving from point A to point B as a truck driver because you're, you want to be self-satisfied and you want to pat yourself on the back, I got... 50,000 miles under my belt, wreck-free, I have all these awards, I'm, I'm employee of the month, and you're doing it just to satisfy you, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And I, and I say that in all jobs. We have to be able to do whatever God is, has, has allowed us to do in our jobs. We have to do it for the Lord. I am living proof that there are times in my jobs where I have worked for myself and not for God. And it showed. Oh yeah, I got certificates and congratulations and all that. But at the end of the day, I felt empty because I didn't do it for God. I did it for myself. As I say here, Jesus in the cup of Joe, if God is not the center, it'll fail. Once you pull God out of the center and you put yourself in there to be self-satisfying, self-honoring, self-recognition, it's going to fall to the wayside. So you have to keep your eyes focused. So understand this as we get ready to wrap this up today. All right, One of the hardest truths of a, of a Christian experience is that after we placed our faith in Jesus Christ and, and our salvation, we're still affected by temptation of sin. We will not be completely set free of these temptations until we enter the gates of the heaven. Therefore, we must continuously accept what comes our way. Even the Lord's Prayer, Jesus included this line, and lead us not into temptation. So even Jesus wanted us to expect the temptations in our life when we chose to build our life around him. We got to understand this, all right? Nehemiah was a servant. He wanted to rebuild the wall for his city. A king allowed him to, gave him the finances. He found the men to help him, and he got the city rebuilt, the walls. He was attacked on all fronts getting it done. But at the end, he was able to accomplish his task, and he went and he did exactly what he said he would do. He returned back to the king as a servant. But in doing so, I believe that he was able to do the work that God had it intended for him, and I believe that he was able to work for the Lord. He didn't do it because he wanted self-satisfaction. He did it because he wanted to do what God called him to do. So as we get ready to wrap up, I want to challenge you. What are you doing in your life, professionally or personally? What are you doing in your life for the Lord? Is it the work that God has intended for you? 
Or is it what you're wanting to do for self-satisfaction? That's the question you have to answer. You have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, am I doing everything that God wants me to do, and am I doing this for God? Or am I doing this for myself? That's, that's the question you have to answer. That's where you have to look yourself in the mirror. And if it's not the answer you, you think, and you're not working for the Lord, that's when you have to start going to prayer and start going to the Father to find out exactly what He wants you to do. Now, to also um, caveat onto this and to add to this is this. Whatever you're doing professionally, do it for the Lord. No matter what your job is. And I can promise you there are jobs out there that are very uh, demeaning, very unsatisfying, very hard or whatever the case may be. But if you do it with a servant's heart to serve God, he will help you get through it a lot easier than what you go through today. But also, also listen to this. Also, if God wants you to change what you're doing, listen to that also. You've got to be able to listen to God. Once again, I am proof of that. I was a fireman for many of years. I loved what I do. I loved being a fireman. But there was a day I woke up, and the joy was gone, the love was gone, the passion was gone. God had intended for me to do something else. Now, I've been out of the fire service since 2012, and I can sit back, and there are days I truly miss it. There are days that I see the fire trucks run up and down the highways, and I just, I just want one more time, one more time on a fire truck. It ain't meant to be. It's not meant to be because God has me where he needs me right now, and that's how I treat my life. If God has you and but needs you to go somewhere else, listen to what he's saying and be ready to move when God tells you to. Now, I have known people um, in my life that they've shared their experiences of, of the Lord working in their lives. And they've told me, hey, Royce, um, I did this job. I worked there for about eight months. I loved what I did, but it was time to go, and I had to go somewhere else. And I went over to this other job, and I worked it for four months. And then I went over to this job, and I worked it for two months. And I don't understand why I'm trying to get somewhere and stay. Well, I understand that. Our brain, by looking at the world and the financial and, and retirements and all that, tells us we need to stay put and build a retirement. But glory be to God, we serve a, a mighty, level, loving, powerful God who says, I will provide for you. If we'll only listen to him, he's got us. He will move you from job to job. He will take you from place to place because he's putting you where you need to be. Because there's somebody out there right now listening to this episode. I promise you this, and I want you to listen. Turn up the volume and listen to this. You're out there. God's talking to you. He needs you to do something. My only best advice I can give you is this. Listen to him. If it means you have to move towns, states, or countries, you do it. If it means you have to change your job that you may or may not love, you need to do it. If it's do something within the church, do it. 
Whatever God is calling you to do, that's what you need to do is listen to what God is telling you and follow. And I believe in my heart of hearts, if you follow what God has in store for you and intends for you to do and wants you to do, your life will be so much easier. Because the ones that are sitting there listening to me right now and listening to my voice that are not following God, that has not done what God wants, how tough is your life right now? How tough is things around you? Things are not going right. Things are falling apart. It's because you need to be where God wants you to be. He's going to get you there. And, and as I tell my kids sometimes, you're either going to do it the easy way or the hard way, but either way, you're going to do it. And it's the same thing with us as adults. We are going to get there, either the easy way or the hard way. And sometimes, I don't, know, I don't understand this, but sometimes we want to do it the hard way. Because we are too stubborn to give in and listen to God. Yeah, we got our salvation. We threw that in our back pocket. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm good. I don't need to do nothing else. No, sorry. As I told you at the beginning of this episode, we all have a calling. So the question is, what is your calling? The second question is, what are you doing for God? Are you listening to him? Are you Nehemiah? Are you out there ready to work for God? Because Nehemiah was out there rebuilding walls, and he was out there trying to rebuild his life and follow God. And I believe he was able to bring more people to follow in the Lord because of what he was doing. Not from his good works, but because of his obedience of following God. So as we get ready to close here at Jesus in a Cup of Joe, I want to say this. I love each and every one of you. All you listeners, I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for supporting this ministry. Because you hear me say it all the time. If I didn't have the ability to do this, this is, this is a love and a joy that I have. I never understood how getting behind a microphone would bring me such joy to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ. But I, I enjoy doing this. And, you know, our social media, I want you guys to be able to follow us on social media. We are at JesusInACupOfJoe.com. That's our blog page slash website. You can always follow us there. Or on Facebook, um, we are at the Cross Ministries. You can always follow us. Our Instagram, we're at uh, Ministry ATC. And Twitter, we're at uh, Ministry ATC. Um, I look forward to, to you guys communicating with me. But I want to throw a challenge out there real quick as before we get off um, this episode today. I want to throw a challenge out there, okay? Here's the deal. If you're listening to me, whether this is your first time or whether you have, you have been listening to us for a while, reach out to us. Tell us on our social media pages, hey, this is my first time following you or this is my first time listening to you. Tell us what you think, all right? But the other challenge is, is this. Take what you hear from these episodes. Take one episode because there's 22 of them out there, including this one today. Take one episode and share it with a member of your family or some friends. Take an episode and share it with them. Find one that you like and share it with them and, and help share the good word of Jesus. And, and tell all your friends and families about, about this ministry and about this podcast. Because like I said, we're here for you. So once again, I'm Royce Bottoms, your host here at Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Always, I want to thank you guys. And I look forward to bringing you more messages in the near future. Y'all have a great day.